everyone and welcome to Jaffa Takes, the podcast where we talk about Stargate and uh, we reached an episode that is about Jaffa and where I don't I don't think a Cree gets said a bunch but uh, it's a big old they go back to Chulak episode uh, it's the sequel to Bloodlines from season one that's right we're up to season two episode eight family um, and uh, joining me today we have Kavika hey hey and we have M yeah you you talked about it in the chat that this was an episode where Teal gets cucked. He does he doesn't really get cucked in this one. If anything, he's yeah, slightly well, doing the cucking a little bit, kind of. Yeah, te- of. Te- te- technically, but they do like the word "cuckold" is literally said in the yes, script of this is. episode, so it's hard to 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 talk around it too much. Uh, <laughs> Also, I'd like to say thank you, M, for uh, filling in for those weeks where we couldn't record an episode with uh, the, that fantastic My Little Pony fanfic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, it's going to be a little like... We're going to miss a couple weeks this summer because I'm going to be on vacation in, in like uh, two weeks at this point. But uh, yeah, we should have some some more of that um, of that fanfic coming your way to fill in those blanks. Uh, so thank you for uh, filling the holes in our schedule. So, uh, we open on Earth in the gate room as the, there's an incoming wormhole, and I need to turn on my subtitles to know what they're saying. Um, so they say, yeah, uh, someone is calling in and is using SG-1's uh, IDC, and they say, hey, uh, the, the only person apparently who is using that code and who we gave uh, GDC, uh, GDO to is Braytac. Uh, so that's they probably give him. his own code? Yeah, that that that's weird, right? It, it's all it's almost like the system like can't allow a, a new code being created, and they have to share as G one's code. It's like I'm almost positive that future appearances of Earth's allies when they need to to call, call the Stargate uh, will have their own codes that the computer recognizes. It's just weird at this point that they have like ironed out the kinks of the system yet that they go, oh, just 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 like let's just share our password with, with our friend. It's gonna be fine. They haven't. <laughs> They haven't uh, aired out anything. They still don't have a good quarantine. Uh, no, that's right. I mean, no, yeah, they uh, they come pretty close to like for the second episode in a row, inviting a, de- a deadly virus that can kill all, all life on Earth <laughs> uh, to 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 bre- breach containment and uh, threaten all human life in this one once again. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but thankfully, like, it doesn't, like, that's only, like, the final act of this episode, and they do dodge that bullet, but we'll get to it when we get there. Uh, first of all, yeah, so, uh, we know that, uh, Braytac is the one calling, and they, they say something, like, kind of weird, which is, we told Braytac only to call us in an emergency, so how come, like, this, this must be important, and I'm like, that's, that's, like, that's the only way Braytac can contact Earth or Teal. Like, they, they don't have any other way to do well, that. I mean, so. I mean also, he's supposed to be, like, undercover, so... Yeah, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, also, like, 
uh, they don't just they can't automatically assume that it's an not an emergency. Yeah, no, I mean, yes. Like, <laughs> you, you assume that that it's important either way. It's not just Brita going, hey, Teal, uh, want to hang out, uh, watch the game, uh, like knock back a couple of brewskis. Uh, that's not what this is about. Yeah, this is, uh, this, this is a family emer- emergency, uh, as the title of the episode would indicate. Uh, yeah, so they open the, the iris and Braytag walks through the Stargate uh, very dramatically and asks for Hammond permission to, to enter the compound. Uh, and then, like, yeah, he goes, Braytag, like, sorry, the SG-1 goes down to the gate room and to talk to him, and Braytag goes, hey, Teal, uh, this is, it's about your kids, Marty. Something's going to be done about your kids. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's about your family. Um and Braytag tells him, like, yeah, Ryak's been uh, kidnapped by Apophis. I do, like, I do like how he enters, because he's just kind of like, yes. eh, it's a door. <laughs> no, yep, no big yep. deal. Another planet. I mean, yeah, uh, he, he, he's been through the Stargate in more dramatic circumstances <laughs> a whole bunch. This is nothing. This is just a social call. Um, so, yeah, the, now they're in the briefing room with SG-1 and Ryak, uh, sorry, with Braytac, and they, they go, all right, so what, 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 first of all, uh, yeah, first, first of all, first things first, we thought Apophis was dead right now, what, what the fuck, what gives, uh, cause you know, like, honestly, yeah, this they're is, relatively, they are relatively kill about that fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they they really gloss over that one because they have to like reopen the Apophis file, I guess. Like Hammond ha- probably has a bunch of paperwork to do now. Uh, but like Britag says, so Britag says what he heard is the thing we saw that like uh, Apophis and Clarell escaped the the blowing up ship by going through the rings and then the Stargate uh, at the last second, uh, which is really cutting it close because we literally had a shot of the C4 timer with like two two seconds left on it right after Daniel left that ship in that episode. Uh, they, 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 they must have some real quick Stargate dialing muscles if, if they could, could escape in that time. Uh, anyway... Uh, yeah, so that, that's it. We, we, we spent eight episodes without Earth knowing that Apophis was alive, and now we're, we're back on it. So he's, we have our big bad once again, and he even shows up in this one. Which um, is a weird amount, you think about it. It, like, feels both a little too, like, it should have gone either longer or not as long. <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 a weird yeah right it's like in real time in real episode airing uh time it's like about two months uh, of episodes where stargate just pretended to be exclusively uh like planet of the week show where like they had that toker arc but besides that like they were like oh that we don't like that's it's it's like star trek i guess but like the viewers did see apophis escape so we knew he was around it's just that earth like had had a little break from thinking about him for for a little bit. It's yeah, and it, it's one of those artifacts of '90s TV where they had 22 episodes in the season, and they 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 filled most of the season with one-off episodes. Uh, so they, they 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 had like the luxury of of just leaving their main plot by the, the by the sidelines and pick it up like two months later, like like nothing happened. Uh, they they could do that back then. Like if like, imagine like a, a a season of Netflix of a Netflix Netflix like prestige sci-fi show comes on and for eight straight episodes you don't know that the big bad is alive and then like at, at the ninth <laughs> one they go oh yeah by the way he's still alive and then that's the end of the season because that's that's just there's only nine or ten episodes in the, in the season now it's it's like they don't do it that way anymore and then the show gets canceled after a season uh because because it didn't instantly become the most watched show on earth uh 
Star Trek Prodigy, R.I.P. By the way. Uh, anyway, still, it's still got a chance. We still got a chance. Yeah, Wait, I mean, like Star Trek Two is still going to air on Nickelodeon, so you know, maybe, probably not as right. Nickelodeon. They're like you've seen what they've done to Power Rangers, right? So we will, yeah. We're going to get a season two of Star Trek Prodigy. We know that much. It was already greenlit. It's just, it's not going to be on Paramount Plus. So, uh, if you want to watch it, the, your options are going to be of the less legitimate, uh, persuasion. Uh, who knows if they'll come out on Blu-ray? Like only the first half of season one has even come out on disc so far. So, uh, that's promising. Anyway, the, the, we all know, like Star Trek fans, what happens when they get their shows canceled is they mobilize and they 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 scream about it and they get angry. So uh, yeah, I don't know if if that's gonna work, but it kind of did back in the seventies. So get get that get that energy back out there, Trekkie. Uh, <laughs> rooting for you. Um, yeah, Prodigy is fine. It it like I didn't like it much in the first couple episodes, but it grew on me. It's 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 a pretty fine modern star trek show uh anyway stargate um so uh yeah they they we, we get a, a a little bit of galactic gould politics here where where they say well uh, apophis is still alive but like the fact that he lost two ships on earth means that he's pretty much on the run from the other system lords now everyone is smelling blood in the water and they want to get rid of apophis so uh, he's like trying to uh to rally his forces real quick and the plot to to kidnap Ryak, uh like they, they figured out pretty much right away that I, oh so this they I did like that this bit because this basically <laughs> gives them carter carter blanche to be seal, like all like yeah no he only has one or two serpent guards at any given time don't and we don't yeah. ever have to draw attention yeah. to this fact yeah exactly i was just like when i was watching it earlier like the scene later where the the next scene actually where they go to chew like well we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there and like this this entire episode the even like lampshaded they they say every step of this is too easy and like there's a reason for that but you know um so yeah apavis right now is is down to to his like final uh forces basically uh and he's trying to rally and like build his forces back up and one way he's gonna do that is by drawing teal back to chulak by kidnapping his son and then like maybe he can capture teal and that's gonna like uh impress all the jaffa out there to who who've been like kind of wavering in their support to 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 get back to it and like rebuild his army that way so they they figured yeah that's what he's doing right now he's just trying to use us as part of his like big power play to 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 get his power back uh, among the gould uh but that that, that doesn't mean we're not gonna go though because that's that's tilk's kid right there and we're gonna free him because we like him and we like tilk and we have to do the right thing because we're the good guys uh yeah, and they say like they 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 say right away that they know that all of this is a trap because obviously this is all to draw Teal over there. Uh, but they say yeah, but we, if we go in knowing it's a trap, we can be more <laughs> careful about it and not fall for it. And you know they, they are still gonna mostly fall for the trap for this whole episode, uh, <laughs> uh, even though they're gonna say at every step of the way, oh, this is too easy. Um, but yeah, all right, uh, and they they also go yeah, also. Like maybe we can be a shark and smell blood in the water because like if Apophis is weak and he's like this lighting up a big neon sign saying "Come and get me, motherfuckers!" Like maybe we should go and get him. Uh, that's like yeah, that's it's too good an opportunity to pass up, so we should go there. And so they decide to go there. Um, 
Yeah, and Braytac like also once again mentions the 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 shadowy secret like Jafar resistance that is not seen in this episode but is implied to be there somewhere. Like he says, "Oh, I have a few ser- serpent guards on my <laughs> side that we could use to help us." And we don't we don't see that in this episode, but that can be an explanation for why everything is so dang easy. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, Hammond does specific- Hammond specifically goes calls out Tiogan. This is like, all, all right, you said. You didn't tell us before about your family because you were worried about them used against us, and then they were used against <laughs> yeah. you, and now they're being used against you again. So it's better not happen again. <laughs> yeah, Spoilers, he's, it's going like, to happen again. Yeah, and I like I think Hammond specifically says like the objective of this mission is to bring Dreyok and Ryak back to Earth and have them stay on Earth after this time well, so that mean, this yeah. doesn't happen again. Got it? And yeah, that doesn't happen at the end of this episode either. I don't know what happened there, but oops. Uh anyway. Uh, so we, we cut to Chulak where, uh, yeah, step one of everything being too easy is the, the Stargate turns on. There's like four Jaffa there. Um, uh, a, a canister of yellow gas just like, comes tossed out through the Stargate, lands on the ground, on the ground. The Jaffa just stare at it because they don't know what it is. And it just goes psh, and it, like it, it spews, uh, gas at them. And all the Jaffa pass out, even though like half of them are wearing big metal helmets and they're in the wide open exterior where you know smoke I, I, is, sh- is supposed gotta, to dissipate you ever you ever wear a mascot head a mascot costume <laughs> yeah no yeah you're right those, those that's got, like those things got fans that are blowing into air inside of them otherwise they're, <laughs> that, otherwise they're going to be like unbearable yeah right or they can't breathe at all which doesn't help them like stay conscious when there's gas either also i i yeah i just said like the smoke should dissipate since it's since it's outside but uh, there's literally smoke outside of my apartment in the sky right now because of dank forest fires. So uh, I mean, it shows di- what I know. It's dissipated by the time SG- SG-1 comes through the gate. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do walk through wearing gas masks uh, so to, you know, not have the gas affect them. Uh, so, yeah, they walk out. Uh, like, And that's it. That's it for the gate guard. Like, when we said, like, Apophis is diminished, you would think that there would be a couple more soldiers or a base nearby or something that they can't just walk through the gate and out there but i guess not because uh, that's that's all there is to it uh I and they go straight they've gone sorry in and out of the shoot they've always pretty much been able to go in and out of the shoot lock gate right minimal trouble i like yes i like that it's been what thousands of years and mm-hmm. they've no one no one has ever thought to secure the stargate and <laughs> like in a and or to make a uh their major settlement uh, like the 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 Gua'ul have just, just decided not to do that. They're like, no, 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 no. Right. just just put it out in the woods and don't no, you know, don't think about pu- it. Put an iris on the gate or something like the thing the humans did after two times of using the Stargate. Like they just never thought to do that. And like now that the Gua'ul have encountered the iris, you think they would steal that idea? But they don't. They never they, do. They don't. They don't know why when they send people to the to <laughs> Earth, they don't come back. Yeah, maybe not. It's just this mysterious Earth secret. Uh, There's definitely going to be gold that explicitly... Like, Hathor saw the iris. Hathor Hathor knows knows. about it. Um, I don't imagine she's talking to Apophis, so... Right, no, she's not. She's not not on his side. Um, 
so yeah, they just walk to the big capital city of this planet, which is uh, the, the the fancy neighborhood where, where all the rich Jafar live, uh, which which looks like a cheap set from uh, some kind of Rome uh, type place, uh, like the like the cheap version of HBO's Rome, basically. Uh, and they all, go there, and they, all the foam, sorry. all the rubber foam stone that you can yes. that you can build with, all the fake marble and nice red carpets. Um, and like Britaki says, okay, so yeah, this this real nice big house is Dreyok's house now. And they go, wait a second. Last <laughs> time we were here, she was an outcast who lived in a tent. What what's going on there? And Britaki goes, I don't know. She just has a big house now. I don't know. I never asked any questions about this. I don't have any more details. I just heard about it, I guess. Which is it's weird how how little Braytac knows about the situation, considering he's the one that came to get them to help him. Yeah, um, he's, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> considering whose house that is. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they don't he have they, that. Like presumably, yeah. he was living in there beforehand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. This is Protax house. We're gonna learn uh, this this other high ranking silver. Uh, four-headed Jaffa, which uh, presumably is some kind of uh, officer that's higher than uh, the regular tier of Jaffa. Um, Second prime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, prime 2 Echoes. Uh, they go in there, and uh, Dreyok is there, but she's played by a different actor now. Uh, this is, yeah, uh, sorry. This this actor is named Brooke Susan Parker, and she's going to play Dreyak again, like the third time she shows up, which is going to be the last time. Uh, but yeah, um, so they they go in there, and she's there, and like Teal goes over and hugs her, and they go, "Hey, what's up? Uh, nice house, by the way." Um, yeah, so uh, this yeah this other guy I mentioned, Frotac, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which just makes me think of Frozone from The Incredibles. It's, a, it's uh, an interesting name. Yeah. Uh, it's not that. It's just, it's, it's, I wouldn't have thought to put it together like that. Right? Yeah. Um, he, he walks out of like, uh, a nice, a room on the nice upper landing that he has in his big, uh, hall, uh, inside his house and goes, Hey, Teal Greytack, welcome to my house. This is my house that you're in. Welcome to my house. <laughs> and they go, Wait, what? Wait. Uh, yeah. Uh, Teal is just like, <laughs> he goes up and warmly shakes his hand and spies at him and says, "Oh, thank you for welcoming us and my wife inside your house for attack and being such a good ally to us by lending us uh, your house and nothing else." Um, no, sorry. Uh, like, like Tilk is is even weirder than that because he he goes to him and says, uh, he says like. <laughs> Yeah, uh, your presence in the home in the home of my wife is greatly appreciated because <laughs> he's really really can't see what's going on here. And like, yeah, he goes, no, wait, this is my house. And like, Dreyok, uh oh yeah. So then Till goes, yeah, so you're you're helping my wife by giving her a place to stay, right? Uh, like Protax says, no, wait, I I married your wife actually. Uh, this is what happened. She's my wife now, which is why she lives here. And then. Tilk immediately goes from zero to murderous and like <laughs> straight up grabs him by the neck and wants to strangle him. Um, uh, yeah, it takes like uh, Jack to break them up at this point. Uh, so I'm. Yeah. Do, do Jaffa just not have regular divorce? Because yeah, they they say she, like Frotek. Sorry. She waited until they thought he died on the ship. 
Right, that's the thing. When, you know, uh, not when he was branded a traitor and was getting them kicked out and forced to live in tents in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's it's unclear what what the law says exactly. Uh, does, did, did, like, I don't even know if... I, I guess there's been no contact. I mean, if Braytac, if Braytac went back to Chulak, he would have told her that Tilt was alive anyway. Uh, I mean, apparently Braytac hasn't been talking to her, though. Otherwise, he'd have known yeah. this. You're right. Um, yeah, that's weird. Uh, it's it's it, like the flow of information in this episode is all it's, weird. It's not uh, really good. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the yeah the gist of it is they say well okay Tilk was out there he was a Shova we we had the 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 wet the marriage annulled so that Dreya could marry Frotek and like unstated that she he could like give her a better life in the house and not have her not be an outcast anymore. Um, and Frotak is like, all right, uh, how about we just head out, me and my wife here, and like let you stew on this for a second and like uh, calm down so that you don't strangle me to death right now. Um, so that's what happens. Um, so yeah, so, so they 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 have a little like uh, a, a little huddle after this, like all the all, all the boys in the room uh, stay together and go. Braytag says, I swear to you, Teal, I didn't know that she'd married Frotag, which, you know, once again, <laughs> seems impossible. <laughs> do, do they not have newspapers? Like, were, was this an arranged elopement for, like, for with a sizable uh, dowry of, like, living your house or whatever? This seems like, like, on top of that, Frotag seems like he, he's in Jaffa High Society with how nice his house is. So it would have been like a social event on Chulak and whatever that Braytag somehow completely missed because he had his head down too much in the, with the, the resistance that he was trying to build. Uh, not that he would have shown up to the party because he is a wanted criminal and everything, but you know. I think um, the also bring in the thing, Daniel is just very okay and supportive of this. <laughs> yeah. Just like, right. a little too much. Uh-huh. Which is interesting when you consider everything that's going on with him and Sheree and how he doesn't seem to have much problem at all in particular sleeping around with women on other planets yeah that that's happened he's had sex with at least two women so far that we've seen so my, my, um, my, my thoughts on this is that daniel and Sheree definitely have some kind of open marriage uh yeah maybe right it, it seemed abydos like the the, the abydos society seemed like a, a fairly open-minded like free love kind of place uh compared to chulak which seems uh more uh, traditional, traditional, let's say, and uh, you know, uh, uh, patriarchal, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, Daniel is the one who like plays devil's advocate, as you said. Like he tells, he tells, like, hey, so this this thing means that your family gets to live in a house and not be outcasts anymore. So it would <laughs> be good. Uh, it, it's 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 probably the best thing they could do in the circumstances, whatever. Yeah, they they just like talk around this point again for uh, some more for for a bit. Uh, Britak asks Steel to promise him that he will not commit Kelmarto Keem, which Daniel translates for us as "revenge by the wearer of horns." And then he says, "Well, I guess wearer of horns is what the Jaffa call the cuckold." <laughs> so. Please, please don't do a cuck murder, Teal, uh, buddy. Promise me. And he goes, "All right, I'm not gonna do that." Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Dreyak walks back in uh, with Frotak and Carter, and they say, "All right, Teal, 
kind of turns around and says, all right, I've decided not to kill this guy then. And they go, all right, thanks. <laughs> that, that is very gracious of you uh, to agree th- to these terms. Uh, Tilk is kind of a douchebag in this episode for the whole way, by the way. Uh, he's just like, yeah, he, he reacts really angrily about everything and is not like... He, this, this guy, yeah, seems very possessive of his wife in a way that maybe should be he should examine... <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more uh yeah because like Tilk straight up like says all right i we're gonna like figure out a way to free ryak and then i'm gonna leave and i'm never gonna look at you again like he says that uh, <laughs> looking at dreyok and she like cle- she's clearly very hurt and upset by this like you, you can tell from her face that she's just like she still loves Tilk and she's she you know it's really mean that he said that um so yeah, she she goes off. She she goes out to talk to him one on one now, uh, and like yeah, he he puts puts it back in his face like hey, by like they, they've kind of already been over this like uh, in bloodlines that you know when Teal left, it kind of fucked them over socially and like they had to deal with all of this and now she's just doing what she needs to do to survive, and like he's blaming her for it and he he. Yeah, he goes. Yeah, he he asks her if she loves him, and like he insists because he wants an answer, and she says, "No, I don't." Uh, which, uh, yeah, mollifies him a little bit, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's still pretty clearly mad. Can I can I say how the camera zoom in really shows off uh, how long his eyelashes are? Oh yeah, Teal has some uh, very nice uh, mascara going on there. Um, <laughs> uh, and the eyeliner game is strong for all the Jaffa, but especially Teal'c. Uh, I mean, it, it goes, right. with the whole, goes with the whole Egypt thing. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, uh, TV makeup for SDTVs yeah. back in the 90s. Um, Alright, so Frotak has a map of the palace that he, he whips out and shows them. He says, alright, there's a corridor on the side that is unguarded, that is like, there's just a door there that the guards use to change their shifts. Uh, so we should just go in there and like, no one's gonna stop us and we should get Ryak and get out of there. Which, you know, once again, very easy. Uh, and they go, all right, we'll go when it's dark. And then, like, we cut to a matte painting of the, the palace being dark. And then, like, we're inside the palace where uh, it's just Braytac wearing that robe that barely conceals him uh, walking in there. Uh, and, he, like, you know, so there's a patrol of, like, three Jaffa. And I think, like, there's, there's sorry, there's four guards at the door. Uh, Braytac goes up there and, and like talks to them. He says something in, in gold to them. And like the three of them just leave their post and follow him. Uh, and then like everyone else just jumps out from the corner and like guns them down. And that's it. That, that, that was, that was the guard. That was everything that was guarding Ryak inside of the, of Apophis's palace on, the, on this planet. Uh, very, very nice. Like we said, very, uh, he, he's got his forces pr- spread real thin right now, which, you know, explains why this is so easy but also like this is all part of their plot anyway uh and yeah they opened that i I don't think this part is part of their plot specifically because he freaks out at them and right maybe ryak wasn't like brought into the plot yet or something no 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 i think that uh uh like they just knew he was gonna react like that you know yeah 
Yeah, maybe. Um, it's, yeah, maybe like the the part, like maybe the plan was to uh, give them this bit of resistance right there to make them think it's not too easy, and then like have the the next part of it be be really easy just to have them succeed. Because uh, like, yeah, Apophis's plan is for them to succeed and bring Ryak back to Earth. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe he doesn't have the teeth yet at this point, so it's they're not ready to do the whole plan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they open the door. Ryak is right there just sitting on a chair and they go to get him and he, he, he like runs out and tries to get past them and he yells for the guards to come and stop them. And like everyone is real shocked at this, especially Teal'c. Uh, and then like some guards come and they have to get out from, I guess, another door that just leads into this hallway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, to just leave this, the palace now. Um, so we're back in Frotak's house, uh, where he's lighting a fire, and then, like, they all just walk in and go, well, that was a bust. Uh, they, they got, like, yeah, they, 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 they got the guards to lose them as they were running in the city, I guess, uh, un- through unseen means, uh, and yeah, they go, all right, so we got a problem. Uh, we tried to do this and like, uh, Ryak didn't want to let himself be saved by us, even though he definitely recognized us. So, uh, that's a problem. And like, um, Teal'c is like, uh, uh, a little dramatic about it. Uh, no, wait, Greytag is the one who says like, yeah, he was like a beast and only says, yeah, no, that's brainwashing. <laughs> I know what this is. Um, uh, especially since he's, uh, He's he's a little kid, so you know it's it's easier to turn them, I guess. You know, so, every, yeah, they... every time something like this comes up, I just keep having more and more questions about Jack's previous military service. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, he was in Black Ops. Like they they were. It was the Cold War. Like I think both the KGB and the U.S. forces were in the habit of uh, instrumentalizing children and brainwashing them and whatever. That's I, that's I'm something just saying, he's. There, there was an entire ass Metal Gear Metal Gear thing before. That he started before yeah. Stargate, right? Yes, <laughs> that's right. Well, we've seen like when when he was in the in, in the Gamekeeper stuff that he was in a Black Ops East Germany mission at one point and everything like that stuff was ex- extremely deep undercover. Uh, yeah, we don't we don't know that much more details about it, but like yeah, Jack knows Jack knows a brainwash when he sees it. Also, like he's been brainwashed by Hathor, so that's something. Uh, you know, we know the Gould have some kind of means to mind control people. So uh, it's not that much of a stretch, um, and yeah, uh, Teal, Teal, and Dreyak are just uh, really down on themselves, and they go, "Oh yeah, this sucks uh, having your kid being taken from you in this way." Like Teal, Teal, Teal now thinks that Apophis's whole plan was to like just do this to Ryak to really hurt him and like to kind of gloat about him, like "Haha, I have your son, and now he doesn't love you anymore." This was just like this this cruel psychological torture that Apophis was trying to play on him was the whole point of this. Um, and then, like the TV I mean, he's turns on, really enjoying that part. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so, speaking of Apophis, uh, the sphere turns on for the mandatory five minutes of news where, like, yeah, glorious leader is going to talk to us. Yeah. Uh, and like, yeah, Apophis himself is in the sphere, uh, saying, "Yo, what's up, Chulak? I'm not dead." Uh, I, I guess this is like this is where he confirms. Like, at, at, up to now, it was just rumors that Apophis was alive for some reason, even though he's got agents running around kidnapping kids. Uh, but now he's like f- going fully mask off. Hey, uh, I'm I'm alive, and also look at how 
much of a good guy I am. I kidnapped Kilk's son, and then like <laughs> I I forgave him, and I'm not killing him, and now he loves me so much because I didn't do anything to him. And like, come on, Raya, I can talk to everyone and tell them uh, how how evil Tilk is. <laughs> and like, Raya just comes comes on camera and says, "All right, so Tilk sucks. Uh, he betrayed us. Uh, because of him, we had to live in an outcast tent camp, and it sucked." Uh, and like, fuck him. I don't want him anymore. Like, uh, Apophis is 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 uh, Apophis is good. Apophis is my god. You should all worship Apophis. You should all sign up to be in Apophis's army. Everyone uh, buy uh, war bonds because all the other gold system lords are coming after us. He doesn't say that, but uh, anyway. Um, and also, fuck Teal the Shova. Uh, the amount of stink he puts on that, on like uh, calling him the Shova. Shova? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Shova is always said with such, like, <laughs> like they're spitting the word every time. Like, he's less than scum. Um, and they say, they, they straight up put out a bounty on uh, Tilk and SG-1, I guess. Uh, it's like one million Sheshta. Uh, yeah, okay, so it's, it's, it's one million for Tilk and one million for the rest of SG-1 specifically. Uh, they say, hey, everyone go out there. Because, like, they say... Yeah, Teal Teal'c and uh, and his friends are on Chulak right now trying to 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 free me. So you should like everyone like uh, open season on this guy. So uh, if you see him, uh rat him out to us please and you'll get a nice big reward. Uh and then like they 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 they, they put a lie on top of it like they, they have Ryak specifically say, uh they've also kidnapped my mom, so uh please save her. Uh, she's such an innocent victim about this, and then like he, he like turns to the camera and says, "My mother is Dreyak of the Morning <laughs> Chamka Groves." Like he could not be more clearly sending a code to to the good guys there. Uh, so so yeah. I'm just looking at this house, yeah, and this house seems to be bigger than the house, the Teal's house that they burned down. Oh yeah, you're you're and, right, and I so mean, like. Whatever this dude's job is in the records pays better than being the first prime. What did? I mean, isn't that how it is? You know, you, mean, you can be the the president's like bodyguard in the Secret Service, and you're not going to be making as much money as like a a White House accountant or whatever. You know, uh, that that checks out, I guess. Also, like Tilk Tilk was never home. He was always on like war campaigns and stuff. So that was just a house that they gave to his family. And Frotak just lives there. He he lives the high life. He's he's part of the inner circle of Jaffa society, and that's. Yeah, it, it is a really nice house. We don't see, we only see the one room of it, but we see like two flights of stairs on the side, and there seems to be another like way up on the other side. It looks like a big, nice open floor plan with probably some bedrooms upstairs and stuff. Uh, they, like there could be a nice big TV with a pit with a, with a couch pit in the middle of it, and that would be uh, a, a nice, you know, uh, country home, country house. Um, so yeah, they go. So after the, after the ball shuts off, like the humans in the room go, well, that, that was weird how he kind of like seemed to break character and go weird and didactic at the end and like just say this stuff about his mom. And Tilk says, all right, so that was a code. Uh, Dreyak is not from the Chamka Groves. She's from the Kordai Plains, uh, which I remember more because on the Stargate wiki, she's uh, like 
like her article title is Dreyak of the Cordite Plains because they decided <laughs> like Stargate Wiki has decided that Jaffa last names are where they're from or whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, they so they figure that. Uh, yeah, he said the morning Chamka Groves, so that means uh, I'll be at the Chamka Groves in the morning, be there. Uh, so that's the message. Uh, yeah, so they go, all right. Uh, another, yeah, th- this is where, th- this is where Jack, uh, w- uh, voices an objection and says, hey, uh, we were just there. He didn't let us free him, and now he's sending us a code to go and free him. That seems, that seems suspicious. Like, th- that could be a trap. Um, and then, like, Teal, <laughs> Teal, this is where, like, yeah, Teal, uh, gets real pig-headed. Like, he's been pig-headed, but, like, now he's, like, in his, well, wh- what are you saying about my son, Jack? Are you saying my son is too weak that he can't fight against brainwashing and tell us, like, <clears throat> like, my son is too awesome to fall for this. When, when he sends us a code, for sure, this is, this, it's for real. It, it can't possibly be a trick that he's sending us because he's too awesome. I love him too much. Um, he takes it like real weirdly personally whenever someone like says, yo, let's, let's, let's be smart and not fall into the trap that's being like open for us. Um, so yeah, then someone knocks at the door and Frotak goes to answer and it's like a party of Forgefa who are there and they say, Hey, uh, we're, we're going to search your house for the show of his friends and whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, like while 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 Frotak is holding them at the door, uh, Dreyak pushes a bit of the wall, which turns out is a secret passage that opens up, uh, because this is like I guess this is the the parasite house that that Frotak lives in. He's got straight up secret tunnels that go underneath there uh, for some reason, so that he can escape an Inquisition or whatever. Uh, and Frotak like is at the door and like kind of like yells in the Jafar's faces and goes, "So like we all saw the thing on TV, right? He said that my wife was kidnapped, and like why would she be here? Like I'm the one who like this is the place she was kidnapped from." Uh, and like the the, the Jafar just push their way past into the door. Somehow they don't see the the open wall because I guess it's on the back of some other wall because like we see like. Jack still hasn't gone through it when they walk in, uh, but they go over there and hide. And the Jafar look around; uh, they don't find anything. And I, I, I get the feeling that these Jafar are not on anyone's orders right now. They're just thinking about that reward. They, they just want that those, that million shestas or whatever it was, um, which is why they, uh, you know, they just went to the first place they thought about and to to check just in case. And they don't find anything, so they just leave. Um, they were like, "Damn." Damn, could have, could have, could have got us, could have got us paid, but too bad. Um, which, by the way, I need to remind you, Apophis's plan is to get uh, SG1 to free Ryak and bring him back to Earth, and he just he's just like put a bounty on them and like made made it way harder than it should be for them to leave, even though it's not going to be that hard because apparently. You know, all the Jaffa of Chulak are close enough to rebellion that they're they're gonna ignore Apophis, like saying they can get a payday or whatever. Because like, not much is gonna get in their way for for the rest of this episode. We're not gonna see that mob trying to stop them or anything for the reward. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, so the Jaffa leave. Uh, SG1 Andreak uh, walk out of that that hole uh, in the wall, and like 
Tilk goes up to Frotak and says, "All right, buddy, uh, I have I have to be the bigger man here and admit you just proved that you got the, you got your heart in the right place. You didn't sell us out, so I'm sorry for strangling you earlier. Uh, <laughs> and like, I hope we can be cool about this, and and I'm not gonna be an asshole to you anymore." And Frotak says, "Yeah, so yeah, we've been friends for decades, man. Why do why would you think I'd betray you? I did all that to help your family and whatever." Uh, I would never betray you. Never, ever, ever. Uh, and then the next scene is Frotak betrays Teal'c. Uh, <laughs> wait, no, there's, there's there's another scene first where Teal'c just uh, sneaks out of, of the house in the middle of the night and Dreyak is there and they, they, they have some secret smooches in the moonlight. Um, because, you know, as she said earlier, she's still in love with him and she's just in a marriage of convenience with this guy. And Frotak sees them like, uh, as he's just like walking out onto his balcony and like he goes, well, Teal just kissed my wife now. It's like he, he, I'm doing, I'm going to be just as petty and angry as he was a minute ago when he learned about this. And he instantly decides to just sell Teal out, I guess. Um, this, is what I, this is what I was talking about. It's like, oh, uh-huh. yes, they earlier they called Teal Cuckold. Like, yeah, this is the guy who's behaving in genre for that, right? Yeah, he, he's the one doing Kalmar Tokim right now, because like, yeah, right. he's he's he, he sneaks out of his room and out the door, and we see the camera pan up to, I guess, Jack O'Neill is in the ceiling right now because he's just looking down a hole. He looks like ceiling cat from that meme. He he he's just like looking down into that ceiling hole at Frotac, leaving the house suspiciously. Um, I mean, like he you goes, know, he's all military on the job. He's just sleeping where he can always see the door, so if something happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 his, you know, that's his Iraq. That's his Gulf War training there, right there. The 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 the, 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 the things he's learned to do while deployed uh, to survive. Um, so yeah, uh, also like yeah, Teal- o- O'Neill was the one saying earlier that something was fishy and that nothing of this made sense. So he's like got heightened awareness of any like screwy plans that might be going on. So he just like walks out and follows Frotak, uh, and Frotak is- has just walked pa- back to that side door that they used earlier, which is still completely unguarded, apparently, because he walks in there. He's in that hallway. There's only one guard in that hallway, and Fortag goes, hey, yo, guard, uh, let me talk to you. Uh, I know I know where Teal'c is. All right. Uh, and before before the guard can answer, O'Neill just pops out from <laughs> the same corner where they hid out before, wearing the same robe that is barely concealing him, and he zats that uh, Jaffa guard twice, uh, thus killing him, as we know. Uh, and then, like, Frotak pulls a knife on him, uh, which is not a very smart thing to do, considering he's ol- he's holding a Zat right he's now. He's already, yeah. He's <laughs> uh, like, and then he goes for O'Neill. Like, O'Neill straight up warns him, don't do that. Uh, so, O'Neill zats him. Uh, and then he, he goes up and, like, uh, puts his hand over his mouth and says, hey, shut up. Uh, you don't have to do this, alright? Don't scream or anything. And then, like, he takes his hand off, and Frotax starts screaming for guards again. <laughs> so he just, like, shoots him a second time and kills him. So, there you go. Uh, he's the one. Like, the, he, he died. And then he shoots he, him he, a third time. He gets disintegrated. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's like, oh, right. He, dis- 
he doesn't create. He does that. He 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 does the the third shot, which disintegrates him. One of the few times this is ever actually going to be used on someone. The, this is, I think, the second of only three times ever that they do this. It's it's yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, this 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 is still back when they thought it was cool and made sense to do that. Um, so yeah, uh, O'Neill just like slinks off in the corner of this very well lit hallway and like completely disappears from the three guards that immediately show up uh, to check out the situation. And like the, the, it's the same uh, Jaffa that were searching the house earlier, and they have still zero awareness or yeah, they don't they they, they don't know where to look to find someone who's hiding apparently because they they like O'Neill is just behind the nearest door and he's like the door is slightly open and he's straight up staring at them and they don't see him um so we're back to the house um and then like yeah the door opens and who's uh Braytac is the one who goes to open and oh no it's a serpent guard and i i like how Braytac like kind of like he's holding a zat behind his back and he's like kind of doing the routine he did uh in like at the start of the season and last season where he is acting all friendly like he's on the side of the jaffa but like he's he's like actually pointing his zat and i just like okay so we know that it's o'neill so it doesn't matter anyway but uh, like everyone on chulak is supposed to know well, i mean like yeah i guess Braytac didn't know that Dreak was married so so maybe like the news don't travel around there. <laughs> they don't have Twitter to keep them informed or anything. They just have the big ball that lights up sometimes. Um, yeah, you would think everyone on that planet would be aware that Braytac is a wanted criminal, but guess not. Um, but yeah, uh, as he's like, as this quote unquote uh, serpent guard turns his back on Braytac, he he pulls his zat up and points it at him, and then he just opens his helmet, and it, it's O'Neill. He I guess so. Those three three Jaffa were looking for him. They left the room. He just went back to the corpse, uh, like got the armor off of him and like put it on, and then left the palace. And like he was fine. He just walked back to that house, uh, which we don't know how far away from the palace it is. Um, but like he's gonna like considering he says he describes the time that Frotak left as last night, and then at the end of the scene he's gonna say it's almost morning. It seems like it's like hours walks away from the palace, so he's just been walking all the way there in, the, in that big clunky armor. Um, or he hid in the palace for a couple hours until he could get. Yeah, maybe that's get the armor. That 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 might make more sense. Um, What's important is that nobody bothered him while he was wearing it. That's no, the... right? Because you don't you don't fuck with the big snake. He was definitely like he's wearing it. He's wearing it slightly off. Like the head is like at a like sl- it's like majorly tilted. Uh huh. Yeah, but it would take you know for for instance like a Jaffa guard of high stature to notice that, which is exactly the people that were looking for him. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but like I guess no one interrogated him. No one thought to. Uh, even consider that uh, the murderer might be wearing an armor to disguise himself, because uh, he just got out there scot free, like like Agent Forty Seven wearing a disguise. Uh, yeah, and so like O'Neill explains what happened to them. He says the Frozak was like selling us out, and I took care of it, and he's dead now. I'm sorry, but uh, whatever. Uh, he's he's a one-off character who turned out to be a villain. Uh, also, the actor who plays Frozak is gonna show up again, like as a recurring minor human villain in like 
a lot like many seasons like season six through eight something like that so it's just i it just reminded me like you know, yeah far, far enough that you're probably you've probably forgotten this right thing. but i was just like watching these seasons recently and i thought this guy looks familiar and i couldn't put my finger on him and then like i watched this episode this morning and i was like oh yeah okay it's because he's played this guy in this episode um <laughs> Uh yeah, so they go. All right, well it's almost morning now. We should go to the Chamka Groves and like follow up on um, the lead that Raya gave us, uh, which is what they do. And the Chamka Groves is a bit of Vancouver forest. Um, so they go there and they they hide out. In, so sorry, you know, yeah, yeah, it's a trap. But they want they want him to get captured or whatever. Mm-hmm. What is their kayfabe? What are they, what is there they supposed <laughs> to be just, doing wandering around the woods yeah, like this? We're ta- we're taking the boss's kid on a walk through the woods with this escort of five serpent guards who it's not clear if they know about the plan or not. It seems like they shouldn't because p- their part in the plan is to get killed. Uh but also they might be fanatical like guards to Apophis that they they sacrifice themselves and it's fine. But also, like, I, I mean, also, also, it's like, isn't this a really bad plan when you're short, when you're, you know, you're, you're short on people? Right. That's what I was about to say. To go intentionally get like five guys killed. Like you, you, you can't spare more than four guards to guard the Stargate, and then you're sending five of them to es- escort this kid on a plan where they're explicitly like you don't supposed even to seem die. To have any more of your creepy ball priests anymore? No, right. <laughs> you, you send specifically your. Uh, high-ranking, like, armored guards. Uh, the, your, your valuable soldiers that you're gonna need in your war. Uh, Look, that's the guy's he's, he's on his, he's on, he's on his nadir of uh-huh. his career. You know, he's really swinging for the fences. Oh, yeah. He's just seeing what sticks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as, as they, as they go in to do this, Jax, Jax calls out one shot, one kill. Uh-huh. And most of them are wielding zats. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the thing. So the, I mentioned there's exactly five guards, and like SG one plus Braytac is five people. So each one of them gets to kill exactly one. But like two of them are using zats. So if they only shoot once, that means that two of the guards are not dead. Uh, lucky guys, uh, they they get to survive this encounter and then go back to Apophis, I guess, and uh, reintegrate the army. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Teal can uh, I think Braytac and someone else have staff weapons or guns i'm not sure anyway they they just ambush these guys and instantly kill them in one shot uh and then they they go and free ryak and ryak like goes goes up and hugs teal and says oh i knew you were gonna come for me it's fine i love you now everything is okay and teal is very happy he's he's all smiles he goes all right ryak's fine mission accomplished we did it everyone Woohoo! Uh, and like Carter is the one this time who points out, "Hey, all of this is like way too easy. This is like it's first of all like as as we've been mentioning, this is a weird walk through the woods to have been on, uh, uh, and like the escort was there, but it was like it didn't put up any fight at all." Uh- <laughs> And also, like, he was, like, I feel, we feel like we need to point out again, he was brainwashed just yesterday, and now he's, like, all happy to be rescued. Doesn't add up. It's weird. Uh, And, like, yeah, Tilk gets, like, borderline defensive and says, my son is strong, and he, like, his brain fought back the brainwashing because he's such a good brain because he is my son, and I'm so strong, and, like, so is he. Uh, and they go, all right, so how about we just have Carter pat him down to see if he's not packing, uh, <laughs> just in case. And she does that, and he says, she, she goes, all right, I think he's fine. Uh, and, like, yeah, okay, so I have a couple of questions about this bit, because... Uh, 
because like they 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 specifically go well i we're thinking like we don't we want to specifically prevent the cassandra uh, scenario from playing out where uh there was the nakoda bomb that like got assembled in her body or whatever and i guess carter can detect that thing with her nakoda blood because it does whatever the plot demands uh, that's what she's doing when she's patting him down looking for yeah Nakoda and potassium or whatever it was that that made up that bomb. Like he's, but he's got a gold. Yeah, but he's got a gold in his belly. That's the thing. Yeah, she so should be was... detecting that. Like, is her is her detector sense so fine tuned that she can tell the difference between these two different things inside the same body of the same child? I like. I thought it was like a vague nausea that she feels whenever she's close to the to a gold, but it's like more than that. It's not. It's extremely unclear. Honestly, like, wouldn't, like, this entire planet just be constantly sending, like, setting her off a little bit? Right. You think, like, maybe she's, she she gets used to it. Like, maybe she she got accustomed to it by being around Teal all the time, and she she can, like, stomach <laughs> she's it. She's learned how to, yeah, she's learned how to uh, separate, you know? And, like, and on top, on top of that, any ghoul would also, like, feel that feeling, right? Because she got it from having a gold in her. So, like, they, they must get used to it or, like, their life would constantly be pain from themselves being gold or whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, she... she. Well, I mean, I, I don't think, like, they hurt hurt to get well that, but, like, I don't know, I think it'd be, di- it'd be different for the Gavold's perception of it than the host on it. Yeah, own. maybe. Maybe it just hurts the host and the gold are immune to its effect or it's it's some kind of you know s- specific like like the same i don't know the same way to say uh, a dog doesn't think their urine when they're marking the territory smells bad or whatever this is a weird analogy anyway uh, it made sense in my head but it's hard to put into words anyway thinking harder about this than the writers did once again as always um I mean that's that's what rewatch podcasts are for. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, the teal goes. All right. Well, if 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 all of this was a trap, they would have ambushed us and killed us, and they haven't done that, so it wasn't a trap. So everything is fine. So why do you, like, teal just stares at only and says, "Why are you being such a party pooper? Can't you just let me have a win today? I've had a really <laughs> bad day. You should let me have this." Uh, <laughs> yeah, and teal. Uh, like uh, confidently states that a Jaffa cannot have an Aquida bomb in his body, which okay, fine. Uh, I guess Tilk knows <laughs> this. Uh, he's learned. He's read that in a book somewhere. The Jaffa can't have bombs in them. Uh, it's impossible. It's biologically impossible for a bomb to be present in my son. So, 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 give it up. Let let it go. Don't worry about it. Let's go. Let's go home. All right. Okay, there's 17 <laughs> minutes left of the episode, so clearly there's more to it than that. Uh, and then, like, they get back to the Stargate, and as we pointed out earlier, there's, like, two guys at the Stargate now. Uh, only, like, they, they point out once again, hey, it's fucked up how easy this is. There's, like, no one stopping us from doing anything. Uh, it's, there's, there's, like, there, there, there's a, there, there's a rat somewhere. There's, like, there's, there's a catch to all this. Like this, this it's not it's not gonna like we're not gonna like I, we don't know what the the what the trap is gonna be but there's one, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> like O'Neill just straight up goes up to Ryak and goes all right kid uh, it's time to <laughs> what's the 
what's what, the what's the deal here? What's yeah, going on? He says, "What's the scam here?" All right, tell us, tell us everything. Uh, this is a trap. You're like you're you you think we're fools. Uh, you're brainwashed, and this is all a trick that you're put yeah that you're, you're, you're pulling on us. Uh, so, all right, tell us everything, please. And like he's like. Ryak is all smiles and says, "Oh yeah, I fooled the prophets due to my so such a strong brain that I have, uh, that I beat the brainwashing." And O'Neill says, "Well, okay, then how come the first time we came to get you, you didn't want to come with us?" He's like, "Uh, well, you know, back then I hadn't like I hadn't done it yet. Like I, I hadn't like I wasn't strong enough to fight the brainwashing yesterday. But today I'm good. I beat it. It's fine. Everything's I like fine." How- I like how these are a little kid's lies, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really <laughs> bad. Like, presumably, these are, like, the things the Poffis told him to say, but they're, like, it's really thin. Um, nah, I, I'm perfectly willing to believe Apophis just told him to go out there and improvise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, the, 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 the funniest part is, like, after he says that, Till goes, you see, he told you he was brainwashed <laughs> and then he beat it because he has such a strong brain. Fucking let it go, dude. Uh, <laughs> he's like completely unwavering faith in his son having nothing wrong with him. He's like, whatever the opposite of being a doting hypochondriac parent is, he's like hypochondriac, if that's a thing. He's like, no, my son is fine. He's not sick. He's fine. Everything's fine. Um, leave, him, leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, complete opposite, complete opposite end of the fatherhood spectrum. Yep, exactly. Kratos. Um, so they go. Yeah, Braytek says, "All right, so uh, maybe it's just that you know we we've been saying all along, Apophis has like almost no guys left. He just like lost five of them at that ambush we pulled. Maybe he just doesn't have anyone to go to Stargate. Uh, then like Daniel and Carter like say the pragmatic thing and say." Even if this is a trap, what are we going to do? Like, we still have to go through the Stargate to get home, so we might as well do that. We've already checked for an Aqueda bomb, so it's not going to be that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they just repeat once again. Teal states once again that he has full confidence that everything is fine. And O'Neill says, all right, I trust that you believe that, buddy, but come on. All right, sick of it. Um, and O'Neill goes, all right, he finally accepts that it's still the rational thing to do is to kill these two Jaffa and go through the Stargate, so they just do that. Uh, they go up and, like, take cover behind some rocks, shoot the, those two Jaffa. Like, specifically, Carter shoots them both, like, with her Zat before they can do anything or react. And then Teal shoots the second one with his staff and kills him, presumably. Uh, once again, apparently they left one of them alive there, but unconscious. Uh, and then they're at the Stargate, and they dial it, and uh, they just go home. Everything's fine. Uh, Braytag doesn't go with them, though, because like he's like, well, I have to stay here and take care of that uh, resistance that has not appeared in this episode at all, but I've that I've mentioned. Like, I guess he has a hideout somewhere where they're hiding out. Implicitly, Frotek was part of it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, like in in which case, he at least would he he at least was like understood believed the same thing about the system. Yeah, boards. I mean, and he he had those. Yeah, he had those palace blueprints, and he was helping them. Maybe he was part of it, or and whatever. he had secret passages in his house to hide people. So. Right. Maybe he was part of the resistance, and now Braytac has to go to the rest of the resistance and pack up and move because they're potentially compromised because of Frotec. Um, so yeah, they go through the Stargate, and uh, the 
then, then they're on Earth, and Ryak is like kind of just looking around, uh, wide-eyed. He has, he, everything is so weird over there because it doesn't look like his home. Uh, and then like, yeah, we get Fraser who comes in for the end of this episode. Um, and <laughs> she's examining Ryak and she says, all right, I've done all the checks of everything we've encountered up, up until now, the first 29 or whatever episodes of this series. So I've checked for Jeff Bomb. There's none, there's none of that. Uh, sphere with an intelligent virus in it that shoots out spears? Nope. Uh, rapid aging, caveman virus, everything, all the tests. He doesn't have a ghoul that's going to spring up. Well, I mean, he has a ghoul in his belly, I guess. Uh, can't really check for but that. It's a, ba- it's a baby. It's fine. Yeah. So, Whatever, whatever Ryak is gonna do to kill everyone on Earth is gonna be something that hasn't happened yet because they haven't checked for it. Uh, uh, and like uh, Fraser confirms what Tilk was saying earlier, she says, "Yeah, I don't think the Nakodabomb thing would work in Jafar because whatever did, their immune did system." They check for, did they check for uh, any pathological diseases? Because they don't seem to. Yeah, I mean, they haven't like put their <laughs> scanners. They haven't scanned his teeth for a virus. Is this is the main thing they they've overlooked? I guess uh, they haven't like. Get- Which, to be fair, why the fuck would you do I that? Mean, how long has it been? Six months since Reich has seen a dentist. He, they should send him to an appointment <laughs> at this point, and the dentist would find what's wrong with his teeth. Uh, but it turns out like Dreak is the one who notices it. Uh, because, like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Ryak, like, has asked, like, twice now that, hey, can we go to the surface? And he says, I heard there's only one sun on this planet. Isn't that weird? I want to go there and look at the sun. Please let me go up to the surface and check it out. Uh, and, like, he's smiling a lot. And, like, Dreak like, sees something while Ryak is smiling. And she just, like, kind of confers with Tilk, like, a few steps away and goes, hey, so... Don't be mad, but, uh, like, uh, a, a bit ago, uh, Ryak was training with Braytak, and Braytak knocked two, two of his teeth loose. Uh, which, you know, sounds bad. Maybe have a talk with Braytak about that later. Um, but the point is. Hey, accidents happen, you know? Yeah, so. he caught a stick in his face. These are baby teeth anyway, they'll grow back, right? Well, speaking of growing back, the, these teeth are back now. Uh, and it's kind of freaking me out, cause teeth don't do that. And yeah, while while that's going, he's just got a he's just got a very good symbiote. That is just <laughs> this one's just better and could grow teeth. Yeah, <laughs> O'Neill, my son is strong. His teeth grew back <laughs> after he lost them. Why can't you not accept it? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so O'Neill is just like entertaining Ryak while it's just chatting with him while that's going on, and he's like, "Hey, Ryak, want to want to go eat something?" And Ryak's like, "I'm not hungry. I'd rather go up to the surface and look at the surface, please." <laughs> <laughs> very suspiciously um and then like all right for fraser while she fraser's talking to teal and Dreyak, well that's going on and she goes all right she she tries to act natural and she goes she goes back to rack and says all right i'm just gonna take a little blood and then we'll be done and she she takes a big syringe of uh sedative out of of her uh cold pocket and like Ryak smells that the jig is up at this point because he kind of slaps her aside and, and starts screaming and tries to run away. Uh, and But Teal grabs him before he can go too far and specifically hold his jo- holds his jaw open so that he can't bite down because, as you've already guessed, he's got that the poison teeth thing that the spies have sometimes and things in Dune, as as in Dune actually, this is almost directly a plot point taken from Dune uh, so I would be extremely surprised if that wasn't directly the inspiration for this bit um, 
Yeah, so... Listen, most other plot points from Dune would be way too expensive for this I show. mean, we've had the desert planet already, and, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, do like, I do like how this plan would only work if... <laughs> if, <laughs> if he had uh, two missing teeth. The SDC was like the whole rest of the Goa'uld and did not have their Stargate underground in a secure facility. <laughs> Right, that would have like stepped the step, the step, skipped the step if like that that gate had been out in the open. Because also apparently, like he needs to be on the surface for this to work. But the way they're gonna show, like this virus would have spread over all over the Earth in like two days and killed everyone. So like I guess yes, like the the speed at which this thing seems to be killing everyone, I don't think it doesn't seem like it would be it would be possible to seal the SGC airtight in time for it not to escape out into the atmos- the atmosphere and with people inside the SGC alive enough to do that. Well, it, well, there's time for it. Uh, actually, well, yeah, maybe like he wanted to be on the surface to to improve the chances. But like when he wakes up uh, uh, in the next scene and he tries to run away, and the first thing he does is try to bite down on his teeth because like he's like uh, at this point the plan is just all right, let's just do this now. But it doesn't work or anything because they've taken the teeth out again. Um, I- I don't know. It's one of those weird things. It's like the virus is going to kill anyone it infects in twenty four hours, yeah. but it's still going to spread around the whole world. Which <laughs> that's I, a good point. Listen, I'm not a I am not a virologist. <laughs> I just you know lived through a couple years of pandemic uh-huh. and no, that's not really how that. Yeah, works. it took it took months for the virus to reach like all of Earth. It like November to March. Uh, and like COVID was specifically an extremely spreadable virus, like much more than the average virus, which is how it got everywhere so fast. And it took four months. So this is like a special sci-fi alien virus that does that even faster while killing everyone. Uh, it just, I, I don't know. Uh, a corpse just like spews out an entire cloud of, of, of virus that spreads over kilometers wide or whatever. <laughs> That's the only way that would work. Uh, the other thing is, uh, it's really lucky that no other ghoul ever tries to do that plan again because it seems like if, if they have a virus that, that is that effective, like it won't, it would only take one time for the iris to be open to, to just pump that thing through there and kill everyone on earth. But no one. At the very least, you could definitely kill everyone in the SDC. Right. With it. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it wouldn't be that hard, but they don't even try. Uh, Maybe they only, like, the only samples they had was exactly enough to fill two children's, two child's teeth. Uh, (laughs) That's all they had, because the ghouls don't really invent anything. They found, they found, I almost said the alien, an alien race name. Uh, They found that virus. Anyway, um, so yeah, now we get the exposition where they explain again everything we've we've just said. Uh, It was two teeth. They each, each, each tooth have, had half of a virus in it and they would combine and, and create a, vi- a super virus that would do that and they've taken the time either they have software on the base that is like a pandemic simulator that they can just punch some numbers in and it gives them an, an animation or they like Carter just spent like three hours inside of her computer <laughs> lab just putting just together like this this nice CG animation of all of Earth uh, with a red she, spread she on just it. Happened to, she just happened to have a, a good save of Pandemic Inc. ready. <laughs> right. it, 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 it was close yeah, enough. Yeah, it would have been like that. All of Earth red. Red means dead. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I love little graphics on TV shows like that. Um, yeah, it would have been real bad, and we dodged a bullet there, uh, so that's good. I, I, I like that this scene starts with Hammond just kind of staring at the screen and, and uh, sort of yelling, so what did we, what bullet did we just dodge there? Please explain to me. <laughs> For once, like, last, literally last week, they had a, uh, an issue with the virus that almost escaped and killed everyone, and now they almost had that happen again, but worse. Uh, they really need, need to do something about preventing these situations before they become a problem. Uh, in, 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 the, in, in this case, they caught it real last second time. Literally, it was a difference of Teal holding a kid's jaw open. If he hadn't done that, they would all be dead now. Um, so yeah, they go, all right, now that, that, now that we've dealt with the existential threat, uh, let's deal with the emotional one, which is uh, how do we have Teal's son become good again? And they go, yeah. Uh, <laughs> once again, like, yeah, we see O'Neill state his expertise in brainwashing because uh, he says, woof, I don't know if we want to put a kid through that stuff. As if, like, he, he's very familiar with what the CIA does to people when, uh, you know, trying to, say, uh, take a Russian agent and have him, like, become a patriotic, all-American good guy. Um so, yeah, he says that, and then Teal, like, kind of dejectedly says what he's been saying all episode, which is, uh, my son is strong. He can take it. You, you just do it, I guess. Shock the shit out which of is, him. Which is real dark. <laughs> it's really dark that this is how it ends. Um, yeah, so they, they start by, like, they try to do it the soft way at first by having Teal stand in the room with him and, like, <laughs> wait for Rack to stop yelling at him to try to just talk to him, which is, oh, God, as, as a parent, I know this situation. Like, I've, like, I've, I've literally stood in front of my kid's bedroom door and waited for him to stop yelling at me until he was calm enough to have a conversation. Uh, it's, 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 it's very close to home, this specific scene. Like, Ryak specifically starts insulting Teal'c and sa- says, I don't love you, I hate you, and I love Apophis, he's my god, and whatever. And, uh, like, Teal'c tries, tries to, to catch him in a lie in a way and says, if Apophis loves you, why did he ask you to kill yourself? And, like, Ryak says, well, I wouldn't have died. That was the, you know, Ryak somehow thinks that 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 whole virus thing wouldn't would have left him fine which is obviously you know doesn't that that's such a a a child thing to believe but also if it's part of the brainwashing whatever he can believe anything that the boss told him that's he'll take that as fact and like yeah teal tries to get it get get it through to him like that that apophis is the one who lied and then like ryak is the one who like yells daggers directly into teal's heart and says like no, it's I hate you because you left and you said you'd come back, but you never came back. And like, oh, this this really hits hits home with with Teal because that's that's probably the like part of the key to what broke Ryak when he was brainwashed is like he he took advantage of of his resentment over the fact that Teal was gone and his dad wasn't around. And it's so it's really sad and it 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 really affects Teal. And you can tell like Teal is really sad to have heard that because you can tell that that part has. A bit of truth in it we get like a, a transition shot to like i guess late at night now where teal looks exhausted now he's just been sitting on this bunk listening to Ryak yell at him for hours and hours and hours getting real tired of this 
and Teal'c like yeah try, tries to make an appeal to him and and uh yeah like he says yeah you, you were you remember we're a family remember all the cool fun things we used to do when you were younger and everything how much fun we have uh remember your mom's cakes that you loved like well, don't you want to have that again don't you want to be a good boy again and like Ryak acts like he's like he like he's a, a, like it's working he's he, he like he starts walking towards teal kind of like smiling like like oh i'm all better now but he's just like he's he's just pretending because he walks up to teal and literally spits in his face uh, <laughs> so no that's not working uh like they they've just been standing there for six hours and none of none of it is working uh Dreyok is very distraught she actually goes and hugs carter because uh she's very sad to see this happening and Tilk walks out and he goes, uh, right, I don't, I think I've done all, all, just about all I can here. I don't know what to, what to do to do this. So if who, I, I for, I'm trying to see who is the first one who brings up ECT. I think it's Carter. Uh, and they go, yeah, maybe, Frazier says maybe. Uh, and they go, wait, what were you talking about? You ask, what is <laughs> ECT? Electroconvulsive therapy, which is that thing where they put electrodes on your brain to send some, uh, little electric, jolts in your brain uh, as a form of psychiatric intervention uh and daniel goes hey whoa that's that's fucked up right that's that's the thing that they do in the bad health as the bad mental asylums in the movies where the the orderlies are evil and the patients are being tortured and then fraser says well actually you know it's not you know you i know you've seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest but it's not actually like that you, you just you know you sedate someone and you give them anesthesia so that they don't get hurt and it's very medically controlled and it's you know it 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 can work because it you know it is directly affecting brain chemistry and everything so all right so maybe medically done humanely and medically and with anesthesia it would be good anyway the plan is we're just gonna shoot riot riot with a zat now <laughs> that's gonna fix it <laughs> which uh, guys yeah why why is this turning into a, an episode why did you even why why did you even bring that up if you're just going to shoot it with a axe? Is- yeah, like, you know, it makes it seem like it's going to be this whole, oh, we're going to do the, you know, the, 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 the weird yeah, therapy. We're no, gonna we're have just going to shoot him. We're going to have him in a hospital bed and we're going to, like, send him to sleep and, like, it's going to be very sober and tame and we're going to send little shocks and there's going to be, like, a little, like, monitor that goes and, like, a, a brain scan thing that's going to be all red and turn blue and tell us, oh, he's fine now. No, he's just, like, laying um, on his belly on his bed, ignoring uh, his parents who come in th- through the door <laughs> and they go, all right, Teal, do your thing and bzz, they just shoot him. <laughs> And he seizes up and convulses. This is why. (laughs) This is why they didn't. This is why they kept leaving this Jaffa alive on on Shulak just now. That's where the resistance is going to come from. They've just had their brainwashing brainwashing shocked out of them. (laughs) They just they just got unbrainwashed all of them. That's that's how they build it. Yeah, and like it's 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 even worse than that because the camera lingers on Ryak and he, like he really seizes up and convulses on his bed. Like he doesn't look like he's having and a good time at all. On, like, they're doing this on like the metal bunks. Yeah, right. That can't be no, good. right. He's he's on a mattress on top of it, but still, yeah, the frame of the bed is metal is metal. 
This is like it feels like a twenty-four episode where like Jack Bauer has to punch a baby to get the nuclear codes or whatever, and like it's it's really dark, and he hates that he has to do it, but he has to do it. Uh, it's it almost feels like that, except it's pre nine nine eleven, and they just did it because whatever it was faster or more dramatic as a way to end this episode to have Teal electrocute his only son to save him from brainwashing. And Ryak kind of passes out after this, obviously, because that's what Zats do. <laughs> and Dreyak and Tilk both start uh, singing a lullaby in gold language at him. And uh, and Ryak kind of starts humming along with them and wakes up and he smiles at them. And uh, he goes like, hey, where are we? Like, like he's forgotten everything that happened. Yeah, so he's fine now. Uh Everything is fine, and they say, "All right, we're on Earth, and Teal'c is here, and uh, everything is good." Now, I I want to remind you that uh, the mission, as stated at the beginning of the episode, was to bring them back to Earth and have them stay on Earth this time, so that they can be safe on Earth. Uh, but no, now uh, they decide uh, they have to go back to Chulak, where where Apophis and the evil Jafar <laughs> that is trying to kill them. Uh, they're not going to. They're not going to Chulak. Oh, they're going. To, oh, they're going to the Alpha site. Oh, I forgot. All right. No, they're, they're going to the oh, land the of light. the fucking land of light. Yeah. Okay. I keep pausing right before this line. What they the, say? The, it. Uh, <laughs> the, the place where they keep trying to send refuge, where they. Just, apparently they just got a good deal there for, you know, we'll yeah, keep the, it clear. Did you take the, our the, the land of light is like, yeah, we have a whole dark side of the planet where cavemen no longer live, that we can settle with people. We have plenty of room there. And like, yeah, these Jafar are fine with it because they don't have, they're not like the Tolan that need technology to, to live or anything. They already live in like antique uh, conditions. Th- their only technology was the was the ball, the ball that would occasionally threaten them. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, and like we we saw that the house looked Roman, and that planet had like Greek architecture. That's roughly the same era, so it should be fine. And like I I like how they they mentioned the land of light and Tuplo specifically, but we were already past the last time we're actually going to see these guys. They're just completely off screen. Uh, we never see them again. Uh, although we are going to see Dreyak and Ryak again in the future, but uh, not on the line of land of light. And O'Neill does this thing he does where, where when there's a kid, which is he decides to give him a, a, a goodbye present as he's leaving. This time he gives him a baseball glove and a ball. Uh, and like Ryak doesn't know what it is, so he puts the glove on his head. And O'Neill says, "Yeah, okay, I'll have to come over and explain how these things work." But like, first of all, he only gives him one glove, which you know you should get a second one to have someone to play catch with. And second of all, you should you could just tell him right now, put that on your hand throw the ball like because like when's the next time you're gonna be able to go to the land of light really to explain baseball to this kid let's like not even baseball explain catch to this kid um anyway he's, he's these are just gonna be artifacts in his room that he doesn't know what they do for a while i guess uh <laughs> um and that's it yeah they walk out through the stargate uh and that's the end of this episode uh that's it now Teal can go back to not having a family. Yeah, we 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 go back as far as as far as the everything as far as the show is. Concerned. Yeah, we go back to not thinking about them. Teal, as far as we know, is just divorced now, so that's the thing he has in common with Jack. Uh, Eric in our chat also pointed out the darker thing, which is now they both have a, a kid who was shot. Which that's 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 mean. That's evil, but yeah, it is the truth. <laughs> and yeah, I'm trying to think. If Teal, because Teal, I, I mean, kid, kid was sh- even more than kid was shot with Teal's yeah. gun. So 
like the the only other time Dreyak is gonna be in the show is gonna be in flashbacks that take place before the series started. So like from this point forward, like Tilk is gonna have other love interests going forward, and he's not—he's it, it, never really gonna get back with his wife, even though he was kind of getting with her there. But it's anyway, and and Ryak is gonna show up again, like years down the road when he's like a teen and an adult, still playing, still played by the same guy, which is a a nice bit of continuity. But yeah, it's gonna be a while before we see them again. Uh, and next episode is called Secrets, and it's an episode that is just. It's every arc at once all progresses in that episode. Like, we're going to get Gould stuff and Earth stuff and some more uh, thing about Samantha Carter next episode. Uh, that all happens at the same time with a, a very plot-heavy episode. So I hope you'll join us there. We don't have any questions this week, but you can follow our Twitter at, at JaffaTakes and check out the tweet where I ask for questions. Uh, if you want to ask any for us to answer on this podcast, you can join our channel on the audio entropy discord uh and chat with us there if you want to uh you can also find my personal you can also send an email to jaffatakespodcast at gmail.com uh and you can find my personal twitter at the real simben if you just want to follow the rest of my life uh if you feel like it uh em where where can people find you uh you can find me on twitter at emma and, you know, if you got any Blue Sky invites, you know, you could send me one and then you could find me there on <laughs> Yes. Same. I would, yeah, I, would, yeah, I yeah. would like to escape the sinking, burning ship that is Twitter if possible. If anyone can hook us up with Blue Sky invites, it would be appreciated. You, we would shout you out on the podcast, like, uh, if you want us to, if you send us an invite, for sure. Uh, no pressure, though. If you don't feel like it, that's fine, too. Uh, Kavika, anything you want to say to the people before we leave? Uh, no, uh, yes, uh, don't, uh, don't, uh, shoot your kids with electric guns do, when they're brainwashed, do, uh, yeah. before trying other methods. Yeah, don't shoot your kids with lightning <laughs> guns, like, general rule of life, if you can avoid it, don't do that, that's bad parenting right there, it's yeah, abusive. Don't, don't taste your kids, um, it's not good. Don't taste... Don't tase your kids! Don't tase your... Right. Don't tase kids. I, I say well, lightning... Don't, well, yeah. uh, it... it Maybe there. I will. Hmm. I will. I will. There. There might be a situation where you might have to tase a kid. Wow! Uh, but you should do it with heavy regret <laughs> uh, and uh, and feel yeah, bad about it don't immediately. Do it with, don't don't do it to a sleeping kid. <laughs> don't. Yeah, a sleeping kid is definitely a situation where that's right. Yeah. Out. yeah it, don't only tase an awake kid to make them fall asleep because the the result you want is for the kid to be sleeping. Don't listen to any of the advice we give you, everyone. Uncree. <laughs>